0: Good morning. My name is Georgia Hill. I'm the pastor of Life Church Riverside, and it is my pleasure to be with you this morning, Life Church Livonia. Boy, I tell you, this Life Church network is really something. I'm coming to you as the pastor of Life Church Riverside. I'm here at the Life Church Southfield studio, and I'm speaking to you out there at Life Church Livonia. What a tremendous blessing. As you know, we've been in a sermon series, in a sermon series called The Second Act, and I'm sure by now you are excited about God's second act for you. Today we're going to be talking a little bit about facing your work, facing your work. Last week you talked about facing your obstacles and the opposition you talked about the attacks and the threats and the responses the reactions and so today we're going to talk a little bit more about the work what is the work let's go to God and see what God has to say let's pray Gracious and wonderful, God, I thank you for this wonderful opportunity, God, that we have to reach out and touch across geographic boundaries, across church boundaries, but always within the boundaries of your love. I pray, God, that something that is said today would be a blessing to those who hear, and I pray that hearts would be stirred, that minds would be challenged, O oh God, and hands would reach out to you in love. I pray, God, that you would cleanse me and purify me of all that is not of you. So that what the folks at Life Church Livonia hear this morning would be your word and not mine, your will and not mine, your way and not mine. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Some walls are obviously broken, and it's obvious they need a lot of work. Like the wall that you're seeing right now, this wall in Flint, Michigan, obviously this wall needs a lot of work. But not every wall that is broken down and crumbling, not every wall that is dilapidated and broken, not every wall that needs repair is so obvious. There are some walls that need repair, desperately need repair, but they're not walls that we see easily. These walls are walls that are inside not necessarily outside and so you and I have some inner work to do because if we'll look within we'll discover that there are some broken walls of relationship when we're talking about walls today we're talking about the walls of relationship with God we're talking about the walls that 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 serve as a protection around a city and around a people. We're talking about walls of decision, walls of commitment, walls of conviction and love for God. It is these walls that if we will be careful and look on the inside, if we'll look within, we'll note mm, that there are some crumbling places, some dilapidated places, some broken places. Several years ago, I I had a really bad tooth and I went to my my favorite dentist, I went to my dentist, Dr. Gunn, and she examined my teeth and she said, yep, yep, you've got a problem, you've got a problem, uh, but I've got to send you to a specialist. And I said, really? She said, yeah, you've got to go to an oral surgeon. I was a little bit uneasy about that, but you know, I trusted her, so I took her advice and I went to this oral surgeon, and of course, it was a little scary because his dental office Office, look more like an operating room, and so I was wheeled in and in, into this place, and it looked like an operating room. And I admit, I must—I got a little kind of hot under the collar. But but what was interesting was he, he took this X-ray. Now I had had lots of X-rays taken at my dentist to see what was going on, but his X-ray was totally different. When I saw the film that he displayed, he had a 360 degree x-ray. It was awesome. He could see all angles of my whole mouth. He could see all the teeth and everything that was going on. It was amazing. It was like a 360 degree x-ray. You see, the thing that was broken in my mouth, the thing that needed repairing in my teeth was something that needed more than just a regular x-ray. It needed a 360 degree x-ray. It needed more close inspection. It needed to be looked at from all different angles. It needed a deeper inner examination to discover what was really going on with my tooth. And he did an excellent job because he got a really good view of what the damage was. We are invited in this season and in this series to look within, not only just within our personal lives, but to look within our collective lives and to look and to discern where the walls of relationship with God are broken. Because God is calling us to a second act, but we're not gonna get to our second act unless we are prepared to deal with what is really going wrong in the first act. Uh, we, We can't get anywhere unless we're honest about the walls of relationship that are broken. Because the truth is, the truth is that when the walls of relationship are broken, then invaders and enemies and opponents and haters can come into our mind, come into our hearts, because there's nothing to keep them out. When, when we have broken relationships with God, then, then all kind of invading thoughts can come in. All kind of marauding ideas can just come in, and pretty soon, if we're not careful, we'll start to talk just like everybody else talks. And we'll look like everybody else looks, and we'll act like everybody else acts. And instead of being salty Christians, come on, somebody, we'll just be bland Christians. Instead of being the first to extend a hand of help and hope, uh, we'll just stuff our hands in our pockets and mumble about the inconvenience of reaching out. See, See, God has called us to be distinctive. God has called us to be different. God has called us to stand up and to stand out. But if we allow the world's values, the world's ideas, the world's concepts to invade our minds because we don't have a wall of relationship with God, if we allow those thoughts to penetrate our mind, then pretty soon we won't look like the sons and daughters of God. We won't look like the children of God. We won't look like uh, the brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. We won't look like people who are motivated and inspired by the Holy Spirit. No, no, we'll look just like everybody else. And then there'll be no Christian witness of who Jesus Christ really is. Instead of being kind and courageous will be indifferent and cowardly. Instead of being the first to break out of family patterns of unhealthy relationships, we'll just settle for not rocking the boat. Instead of being a pioneer, we'll be in the back row somewhere, just being an observer no 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 in this season let's admit it we've been hard-headed we've been rebellious we've been resistant sometimes we've been lazy with our Bible reading we, we we have to admit that the pandemic has caused some of us to become a little bit slack in some of our Christian disciplines and some of us have fallen prey to all of the bad news and pseudo news whether we get it from TikTok or CNN now, some of that stuff is just an invading and marauding thought and as long as we don't have a wall of protection a wall of God a wall that demonstrates that we have a relationship with God just any old kind of thing can come in there is a word for us today, my my dear friends at Life Church Livonia, there, there is a word for us today. And that, and that word is, that word is, is that if we will face this work, if we will face this work, then God will bring us to a second act. If we will face this work, we'll find in the story of Nehemiah a lot of encouragement because, in fact, in the book of Nehemiah, we discover that this wall that has been broken down, this wall that has been broken down and has been left to crumble, left to just be dilapidated. Though the temple in Jerusalem has been rebuilt, the wall around Jerusalem is still raggedy. You all know the story. Uh, your, your pastor has, has laid it out very clearly for you, but but you remember that Jerusalem had come under the attack of the Babylonians. And when that attack happened, uh, Babylon also robbed Jerusalem of the best and the brightest. Uh, more, just a little over 70 years later, the exiles began to come back. But, but still in the city, though the temple Was rebuilt, that there were many homes that did not get rebuilt, and the wall was not rebuilt, and so the city was open and vulnerable to attack. But the interesting thing about the people in that day, led by Nehemiah, that when Nehemiah gathered the people and they started to do the work, Mm. It turns out that they built that wall in only 52 days, something that had languished for years and years and years. Mm. There's a word for somebody right there. Some of us are in a situation, and we've been in that situation for a long time. But you know what? If we will gather ourselves together and follow the instructions in the Word, guess what? We can rebuild some things in a lot shorter time than what we might think. Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verses 10 through 16. We'll find here in the scriptures. Some, some, some rich instruction. Now, Pastor Alex laid it out really nicely last week and he talked about the different attacks that had come against uh, Nehemiah and he talked about the different reactions that, that Nehemiah had to the attacks. He, he talked about the ways that Nehemiah continued to gather the people and to galvanize them into this force that continued to work despite the opposition. And, and, and this, is, this, is, this is so beautiful, and we are happy to know that the wall is finished in 52 days. But let's talk a little bit about what that work is. Let's talk a little bit about what that work is. Let, let's begin at Nehemiah chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. When I entered the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, son of Mehedabel, who was confined at home, he said, let's meet together in the house of God within the temple and let's close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you and they are coming to kill you at night but I said should a man like me flee and who was there like me who would go into the temple to save his own life I will not go in then I realized that God certainly had not sent him but he uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him he was hired for this reason that I would become frightened and act accordingly and sin, so that they might have an evil report, in order that they could taunt me. Remember, my God, Tobiah and Sanballat, in accordance with these works of theirs, and also Noadiah the prophetess, and the rest of the prophets who were trying to frighten me. So the wall was finished. On the 25th day of the month of Elul, in 52 days, the wall was completed. When all our enemies heard about it and all the nations surrounding us saw it, they lost their confidence, for they realized that this work had been accomplished with the help of our God. Amen, amen, amen. You see the last of the attacks that Pastor Alex was talking about last week, this so-called plot to kill Nehemiah, to kill Nehemiah, to stop the work. But what's interesting is, is that Nehemiah said, no, I'm not gonna flee to the temple. I'm not gonna go in there and close the door. Nehemiah was not going to allow this because he discerned that this was just a plot. This was just a ploy. This was just a plan to try to get him to stop the work on the wall. It was just trying to frighten him. And then I love the way the scripture goes on to just say, and the wall was completed. Mm, that's so beautiful, isn't it? Because people just continue to do the work on the wall. And when the enemies heard about it, all the enemies decided, you know what? Uh, Maybe we ought not try to fight against the Israelites in Jerusalem. Maybe we ought not try to gather ourselves against the Jews because they built that wall, and that wall is up in 52 days, and it must be the work of the Lord. You know, there are some things that happen Mm. beloved brothers and sisters of Life Church Livonia there are some things that happened and the people thought perhaps Life Church Livonia was down and out people thought that maybe Life Church Livonia couldn't come back people may have thought that well it might be time to close the doors but mm, how many of you know that if you will continue because you did. To work as you have. If when you continue to believe and continue to pray and continue to work and to gather together, mm, God can do some wonderful things and the people around will decide, you know what? I guess I won't say too much about Life Church Livonia. Now, I guess I won't say too much about this wonderful work of God because it yet lives. Mm, It yet lives. It yet lives. Listen, listen, listen. What is it the work consists of? What is it the work consists of? How did they do this what made them successful three main points three main points first of all they had one purpose they had one purpose listen uh, one of the problems in the church is that we're not united in purpose we are not united in purpose if we could just be united in purpose oh what we could do if we could just be united in purpose look at what it says in Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 6 So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. Mm, mm, mm. the people had a mind to work what does this mean this suggests that the people were united in purpose see when we are united in purpose we can do some wonderful things when we are united in purpose we can get God's job done because God is calling us from the north the south the east and the west to come together and to work with one purpose you see the problem is the problem is that that, that, that uh, Joe was only concerned about Joe's purpose And Sue's only concerned about Sue's purpose And Maria's only concerned about Maria's purpose But the truth of the matter is is That you and I need to be concerned about God's purpose And if we are concerned about God's purpose Then God will do something wonderful Look at John chapter 17 verse 11 John chapter 17 verse 11 We find this wonderful passage of scripture Which talks about uh, the priestly prayer the high priestly prayer and what Jesus is saying in this prayer is that God has called us and Jesus Christ has sacrificed for us and the Holy Spirit has come among us so that we could be one in Christ. Uh, I don't mean that we're supposed to be one church over here and another church over here and another denomination over here and no no, one in Christ. Look at what it says in John chapter 17 verse 11. This is Jesus talking to God shortly before he knows he's going to be crucified. I am no longer going to be in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, they meaning the disciples. And I am coming to you, Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, so that they may be one just as we are. Mm, 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 mm. Look at that, look at that. So they may be one just as we are. The first thing is that we have to have one purpose. When we come together under God's purposes, when we come together in obedience to God, we we not only demonstrate to the world that God is awesome, but now we are able to accomplish God's purposes. The people were able to come together and to build the wall because they had one purpose. And if you look at chapter 3 of Nehemiah, what you will find is that there were many different kinds of people that came together to do this building project. There were uh, perfumers and goldsmiths. There were officials and priests. There were sons and there were daughters. You see, the people came together. There were visitors, like from Jericho, and there were locals who were there in Jerusalem. You see, when the people came together they had one purpose and that is reflective of God's desire for us that we may be one just as God, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit are one. One in purpose, one in unity. The second thing that we see that the people have uh, as, their, as, their, as their methodology that they have one focus they have one focus look at Nehemiah let me just read you a couple of verses out of Nehemiah just a couple of verses out of Nehemiah and listen for the commonalities in these verses listen listen to this it says uh, uh, now we're talking about the different people who are building listen chapter 3 talks about who's working talks about all the folks that are working all the different folks look at verse 23 after them Benjamin and Hashub carried out repairs in front of their house. After them, Azariah, the son of Messiah, son of Ananiah, carried out repairs beside his house. And then it goes on to say in verses 28 and 29, above the horse gate, the priests carried out repairs each in front of his house. And after them, Zadok, the son of Emmer, carried out repairs in front of his house. And after him Shemiah the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate carried out repairs. What are we saying? We're saying that each of these individuals was working in front of their own house. Mm, mm, mm. See, see, they had one focus. In other words, they weren't distracted by what was going on over here. and They weren't distracted by what was going on over there. But everybody was doing repairs in front of their own house. Amen. How wonderful is it if we can just focus on what God has called us to do. When we can just take care, come on somebody, of our own house. If we can take care of our own family. If we can clean up our own part of the street. If everybody would clean up their own part of the street we'd have a clean neighborhood. Come on. If everybody would deal with the the sin in their own life, okay? We'd have a a wonderful happy family of God. Uh, we're, We're too concerned with what somebody else is doing. Some of us are so busy watching other people live their lives on YouTube, we've forgotten that God has given us a life to live, not to just be a voyeur and watch everybody else's life and be engaged in somebody else's so-called reality on TV or on video or on cable or on internet, but no, no, God has invited us to live our lives. And so we don't need to be concerned about what's going on over here or over here. What we need to do is, is focus, have one focus, and focus on what is right in front of us to do. What is God putting right in front of you to do? Is it, is it, is it, a, is it a, a repair of a relationship? Do you need to apologize to someone? Maybe you need to ask someone to forgive you. Do you have some un finished business? Is there maybe something you need to talk about, but you're hesitant to bring it up because you'd rather just sweep it under the carpet? Or what is it that's just in front of your house? What is it that God is calling you to do? Is God calling you to get up a little earlier and read that Bible? And maybe God is calling you to do a little bit more exercise. Maybe God is calling you to be a little bit more patient with those children. Maybe God is calling you to be a little bit more patient with your brothers or your sisters. Or maybe God is calling you to go outside of your community and meet and greet and engage with some people in somebody else's community. Maybe God is calling you to examine some deep-seated ideas that you have about other folks that maybe aren't even true and aren't based in fact. Maybe it's time to shed some of those preconceived notions that we have about folk we don't really know and instead get to know people for who they are. Maybe it's time for you to extend the hand of hope and help and friendship. What is it that God has placed in front of your house? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your business. Maybe it's your personal life. What is it? But if we have one focus and all of us will take care of what's in front of our own house and then... We, we can get it moving, then we can get it moving, then we can get it moving. And, and the last thing that they did, I think that it was really wonderful, is they had one love. They had one love. They had one love. You know, what's interesting about chapter 3, what's interesting about chapter 3, is, is, that, is that it starts off this way in verse number 1. Just listen to verse number 1 of chapter 3 of Nehemiah. It says, Then Eliashib, the high priest, arose with his brothers, the priests, and built the Sheep Gate. They consecrated it and installed its doors. They consecrated the wall to the Tower of the Hundred and the Tower of Hananel. Hmm. It says the high priest arose with his brothers and built the Sheep Gate. Hmm. The Sheep Gate. That's interesting, the Sheep Gate. Why is the Sheep Gate related to love? Well, the Sheep Gate is related to love because... The Israelites were asked, were commanded by God to sacrifice animals to deal with their sin. They were asked to come to the temple. They were commanded to come to the temple with an animal for sacrifice in order to deal with their sin. In other words, God said to them that sin was so serious, breaking the covenant, breaking the law was so serious that the only way it could be dealt with was that a life, an innocent life, an innocent animal had to be sacrificed. And so people would come with their sheep. Well, here it is that the sheep gate is broken and the sheep gate was literally the place where people would come in with the sheep and the other animals for sacrifice. And what's interesting about chapter 3 verse 1 is it says that the high priest came in to rebuild that gate and then it was consecrated. Mm. It was consecrated. What does that mean? In other words, there was a ritual performed, a religious, a spiritual, not religious, a spiritual rituals performed to anoint the gate. In other words, to say and declare, to pour oil and to pray and to dedicate this gate to the work of the Lord and to declare that this is a sacred place. This is a holy place because through the gate come the sheep which are sacrificed to deal with sin. The sheep are sacrificed to deal with sin, and this is the worship of the Israelites. They're invited to come. We we complain because we don't have a dollar fifty-nine when we come into church. Oh complain they can't come to church because they don't have anything to wear, or they don't have, they just don't feel like they don't feel like getting up. But but look, can you imagine having to come to church and, and bring your sheep and, and bring your bulls and bring your goats? I mean, I mean, this is this is this is this is the worship. This is how they show their love because when they sacrificed the animal, God forgave their sin. The sacrifice equaled forgiveness of sin. And so when, when the high priest comes, and he consecrates the gate. He is declaring now that this is a sacred place. None of the other gates were consecrated. None of the other gates had an oil poured on them. None of the other gates got prayer. But this gate was consecrated because it symbolized something very powerful. And what it symbolized that was so powerful was Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is the sheep gate. Look at what it says in John chapter 10. Beginning at verse 7 John chapter again 10, 10 beginning at verse 7 it says so Jesus said to them again truly truly I say to you I am the door of the sheep I am the door all those who came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them I am the door if anyone enters through me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture Mm. Jesus is the sheep gate. Listen, my brothers and sisters, when we see this Nehemiah chapter three, verse one, this is a picture of the sheep gate to come. This is a picture of the sheep gave to come because through Jesus Christ, who is the perfect sacrifice for all, you and I have our sins forgiven. Jesus is the forgiveness of sins. Jesus is the, 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 the payment for, for our sin. Jesus is the door of the sheep. Through Jesus Christ, you and I have all of our sins washed away. We ought to love. Jesus. Amen. We're invited to love Jesus. We're invited to have one love to renew our love for God. Uh, uh, We pay people to do our hair. We pay people to to uh, clean our house. We pay people to 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 work for us. And we but but what to and we honor politicians and we honor entertainers and we honor actors and actresses. But what do we do for God? the Lord. Do we have one love? Is Jesus Christ the center of our love? In here we see that the people had one love and the consecration of the gate was the throughway to worship of God. You and I, you and I are called, you and I are called to, 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 to have one purpose, one focus, and one love, and one love, and one love, and one love. And one love. So, how, 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 how can we carry this out? How can we carry this out? How can we do this? How can we rebuild the walls of relationship in our community? How can we rebuild the walls of relationship with God in our own personal lives? How can we rebuild the relationships with God, relationship with God in our own families? All right, so, so a couple of things. Number one, number one, in terms of rebuilding the wall, we can only rebuild the wall of relationship with God on the foundation of Jesus Christ you 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 can't do it through yoga you can't do it through meditation you do it through Jesus Christ amen Jesus Christ is our rock look at what it says in Matthew chapter 7 in Matthew chapter 7 we have a very powerful passage of scripture it says this beginning at verse 24 therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and yet it did not fall for it had been founded on the rock. Mm. What is this saying? This is saying to us that when we make Jesus Christ the foundation of our lives, that is following Jesus' words, reading them, digesting them, and practicing them in our own lives. When we do that, it means that when the winds come, because winds of tribulation and trouble will come, when the rains come, because there will be times of difficulty and disaster, when those winds and those rains come, we will be able to remain stable. We will not fall apart because we're founded on the rock. Number two, as we build, we must build up. Listen, listen, you and I, uh, uh, you and I, it's time for, 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 for some of the Christians, it's, t- it's time for some of us to be mature. It's time for some of us to be mature. Some of us, we're just kind of immature. And it's time for us to grow up. Look at what it says in uh, the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. And we're going to go now to Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 Ephesians chapter 4 look at verses 15 and 16 Ephesians chapter 4 verses 15 and 16 listen to what it says instead by speaking the truth in a spirit of love we must grow up in every way to Christ who is the head under his control all the different parts of the body fit together and the whole body is held together by every joint with which it is provided So when each separate part works as it should, the whole body grows and builds itself up through love. I love that passage of scripture because it, 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 it reminds us, it reminds us that, that 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 in order for us to go up, we've got to grow up. Amen. We've got to grow up into Christ. In other words, the invitation is to mature in Christ. In other words, we ought not be just dealing with the same old stuff over and over and over again. That 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 means that we're not really. Trusting in the Lord. That means that we're not really digesting the scripture. That means that we're not seeking help and wise counsel That means that we're not being honest about recognizing What's really going on in our lives because if we do that? We'll get the help from Jesus Christ. We'll get the help from the Holy Spirit We'll get the help from from other Christians around us and we can get it together listen when I was kind of not living right I, 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 I read a scripture that said, confess your faults one to another, so I called up a friend of mine, a woman that I knew who was a wise Christian woman, and I said, listen, I've got some issues. I'm not going to tell mine on the internet, and I suggest you don't tell yours. But, but I got some issues. And, and, and I talked to her about it, and I sought her counsel, and she agreed not to judge me or condemn me, but to pray with me. And she became a kind of accountability partner for me because I knew that I needed some help. I knew I couldn't do it by myself because if we want to go up, we've got to grow up. And so, 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 so the next thing we need to do is we need to build up. We need to build up. We need to grow in Christ. We need to stop thinking of ourselves just as little children, and we need to grow up into the body of Christ. Let's, let's, let's go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, because the other thing we need to do is we need to build together. We need to build together. We need to come together, y'all. We need to come together. And that's why it's so awesome that we're sharing these pulpits and we're trying to really come together uh these life churches because that's what we need ephesians chapter 2 beginning at verse 19 so then you are no longer strangers and foreigners but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of god's household having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets christ jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together, is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also, I'm sorry, in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. Now that is a beautiful passage of Scripture. And really what that is saying is that when you and I come together in faith, we become a dwelling place of God one thing we've learned in this pandemic that the church is not a building the church is not a location the church is a people it is the living breathing body of christ and what this scripture tells us is that as we come together with jesus as our cornerstone that the body the body is fitted together and it grows into a holy temple that's us And we are being built together into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. When we come together, we are built together as a dwelling of God in the Spirit. What does this mean? It means that when we come together, when we come together from Southfield, and we come together from Auburn Hills, and we come together from Livonia, and we come together from Detroit, and we come together from Canton, as we come together, we are being built into a dwelling of God in the Spirit. It means that the Spirit, of God is dwelling all among us. I don't know about you, but I want the Spirit of God to dwell among me and the people that are around me. I want the presence of God to be real and tangible in our lives. And finally, my 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 friends, we need to build out. We need to build out. We need to build out. And you all know this passage of scripture uh, because it's something that I'm quite sure uh, Pastor Alex and Pastor Alex uh, Sr. have talked to you about on many occasions, and that is the Great Commission. We need to build out. We need to build out. And what does it say, Matthew 28, 19 and 20? It says this, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. After we have built on the rock, and after we have built together, and after we have built up, because we are growing in Christ, it is time then for us to build out. And building out means this is time for us now to go and make disciples of all nations. And let me tell you what, Life Church Livonia, your church is a sign of this particular passage of Scripture. Why? Because this passage of Scripture is a post resurrection commandment. Jesus Christ, when he says these words to the disciples, he is saying them after he's been resurrected. Not before, but after he's gone to the cross, he's died, and he's been resurrected. And what I'm saying to you is that the journey that Life Church Livonia has traveled is evidence that the resurrection spirit of Jesus Christ yet lives you are a sign of the resurrection spirit of Jesus Christ It's alive in you it resurrected your church it gave your church new life new hope new people new vision new mission and a new pastor listen Life Church Livonia God has an exciting uh, a vision for you an exciting mission for you an exciting assignment for you. But in order for you to achieve that assignment, you're going to have to build out. You're going to have to go beyond Livonia. You're going to have to go beyond Michigan. You're going to have to go beyond the confines of the comfort zone. But God has a miraculous and wonderful work for you to do. And I know that as you build on the rock, as you grow up in Christ and build up the body of Christ, as you come together, building all different kinds of people that God will do something awesome through you as you build out to share the word of Jesus Christ. And it's not just preaching that you'll be sending out. It's not just a sermon or a prayer. No, 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 no. You'll be sending out with your love. You'll be sending out with your mercy. You'll be sending out with your forgiveness. You'll be sending out with your humility. You'll be sending out with your hands that will work with others. You'll you'll be sending out the, the loving ministry of Jesus Christ. There might be somebody today who needs that ministry. Maybe someone is listening today to this word and they need that ministry. Maybe your heart is broken. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're confused. You don't know which way to turn. Maybe, maybe you you know that God is calling you to a rebuilding project, but you don't have any idea how to start. Maybe you feel like the walls of the relationship with God are so broken that they're beyond repair. Well, guess what? Today is your day because they are not beyond repair. You are invited today to commit yourself and also to others of us who are watching to recommit ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we're invited to make a fresh commitment if we haven't done so to the way of Jesus Christ it's not just a religion, don't get it twisted. It's not just about a denomination or a particular church. It's about a way of living. And you're invited to commit yourself to that way, to let go of the past and to make a fresh start for a fresh 2022. And some of us are invited to recommit, to say yes to God's word again, to say yes To God's assignment again and to say yes to God's love again. For all of us that those invitations might encompass, let us pray. Gracious and Almighty God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would touch the hearts and hands and minds of those who hear this word. I pray God that you would make it possible for them to hear your voice, uh, to hear your hope, and to hear your love for these people. And I pray, Lord God, that as folk hear you, as, as, as their ears are, are perked to hear what it is, you have to say, I pray, oh God, that a work would be done on the inside of them and they would say yes. Lord, some of us have gotten off track and we know it, and it's time for us to come back with a fresh beginning. So Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters that are out there that need a fresh beginning. Lord, I know that that you extend that to them because you've extended it to me and I've accepted. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would bless us all, keep us safe, Father, and keep us united as one body of Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much, Life Church Livonia. Today was your first day making a commitment to Jesus Christ. It's the best decision you've ever made. Such a blessing to be with you. Take care. God bless.